This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. A search effort is underway to find a missing woman who was last seen eight months ago on her ranch near Idlewild. Dia Abrams' family lives in La Jolla and is desperate for any information. This week on True Crime Chronicles, we travel out to a remote area in the shade of the San Jacinto Mountains near Idlewild, California. It's here that 65-year-old Dia Abrams lives on her 117-acre ranch. It's a picturesque property filled with cedar and pine trees. Her son Clifton reminisces about what he remembers most about his mother. She loved saving animals. She loved caring for and saving animals. And she was the sweetest, most generous person, truly, that you can ever meet. She was always giving so much of herself. On June 6th of 2020, Dia's morning began as any other would. She woke up early, made breakfast, and decided to do something nice for her neighbor who lived nearby. She had baked cinnamon rolls for her terminally ill friend and neighbor. So she, she woke up early, baked cinnamon rolls, and delivered them to her good neighbor. After dropping the rolls off, she returns home. Uh, later that day, uh, her ranch hand slash boyfriend uh, had lunch with her on the ranch. The following is audio between David Godfredson, an investigative reporter and special producer for News Channel 8 in San Diego, and Dia's boyfriend, Keith Harper. Uh, tell me a little bit about the last time you saw her. We had lunch that day at about 2 o'clock. Finished up at about 2.30. Did she seem depressed, despondent, or what was her not, mood like? Not, not really. She was... Uh, I mean, we fed the horses, which are seven miles down. Earlier, we had a guy work on a uh, water heater down there. She was of good spirits at that moment. Who was on the ranch at the time she disappeared? Just me. Okay. Um, And what was the last thing you said to her? How did it go? Oh, we ended lunch. Um, We were going to Durango, Colorado on the following day. she said she had made a statement she said uh, i would like to talk with you and i said well we have the meadow to do and i said i'll be till dark getting the meadow done and uh i said we can we talk once i finish that i will not ever see her again and uh that was the last time anybody saw her according to reports The next day, Sunday, June 7th, Dia is initially reported missing. Maybe she had gone for a walk on her property and for some reason was not able to make it back to the house. At first, neighbors, friends, and family walked the property looking for her. And after they couldn't find her in that initial search, law enforcement is called in to begin investigating. Then on Monday, homicide detectives and... uh, Search teams with dogs are scheduled to come in and search. Investigators find that her purse and cell phone had been left at the house, and her truck was parked in the exact same spot she had left it in after delivering the rolls. But her boyfriend leaves that morning, Monday morning, in an RV before the police show up, before homicide detectives show up, and he claims he had a meeting to go to in either Colorado 
or Arizona or New Mexico, and that's why he left. Dia's son Clifton drives up Sunday night and meets her mother's boyfriend. He recalls that first meeting. He was very shifty, reluctantly speaking, kept stating he had meetings and he couldn't be there. He left the following morning. My impression was not too much of anything one way or the other. I was trying to keep an open mind. I didn't know if I didn't know if Dia had loved him or not, or I'd never met him, I'd never heard his name, I didn't know who he was. So I didn't I didn't I tried not to judge. It was a stressful situation. He claims that he was in contact with police and they knew he was leaving. But nevertheless, he left the ranch before uh, a two-day search began of the ranch uh, involving search and rescue teams and professional uh, search dogs and uh, homicide detectives. As the physical search for Dia continues, investigators also begin compiling persons of interest and trying to figure out the timeline of her disappearance. After she went missing, uh, Keith Harper, the boyfriend, did a few media interviews and claimed to be her fiance. Very outgoing, absolutely beautiful woman. And you had plans to marry her? Yes, 24th of July. In where? Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Was that a special place for you, or how did you pick that? It's just we're both outdoor people. We're both horse people. It just seemed to be the place that we wanted to do it. One of the most compelling pieces of information that investigators find out comes from her relationship with her boyfriend, Keith. Multiple neighbors and uh, the missing woman's son tell us that he was not her fiance and they had never heard about her plans to get married. It's definitely not the case. I know my mother. She was not going to remarry. Keith Harper was not her fiance? I don't believe that to be the case. Do you believe he was her boyfriend? I do not believe that to be the case either. I believe at one time they were potentially close. I can't say for sure. I do not know. However, I do not believe at the time she had disappeared that they were had that type of relationship. Another potentially big piece of information that comes to light is the legal status of her assets. According to reports, Dia had been married to a wealthy real estate developer for many years and had had her two children with him. Uh, they were married for 30 years, but they were estranged. The, the rich husband lived in San Diego and she lived uh, two hours away from San Diego in the mountains. And they were not divorced, but they lived separately, and she was basically taken care of by her husband up there. My understanding is he was the type of individual who, you know, wasn't interested in divorce, but, he, but they were estranged and she was living up there. However, Dia's estranged husband passed away at the end of 2018, which began a multi-year legal battle over the estate. At that point, she decided she wanted to challenge her prenuptial agreement with the wealthy developer. So that kind of pitted her against her two kids who were in charge of the, the estate down here, down in San Diego, versus Dia Abrams, who had her three properties up in the mountain. Once again, here is David talking with Keith. You know from public records that she was involved in a multi-million dollar court battle with her kids. Correct. What do you have to say about that? I just 
I just think it's a sad thing that you have to challenge your own children for the right to live financially. She needed that support. She had had it from her husband for years, and they withdrew that support from her. Well, the fact that her husband's estate, her, her deceased husband's estate is so large, so much money, do you think that could be a motive behind her disappearance? Probably without a question. Okay, but you can't, you don't have any evidence to accuse anybody. No. Safe to say. No. But there's another layer to this, which cloudies it further. A piece of the puzzle that ties Keith himself into the estate frenzy. Two weeks before she went missing, she transferred her ranch and two other properties in the area, rental properties that she owned, into a trust, unbeknownst to her son and daughter in San Diego. Uh, after she went missing, this trust came to light and the boyfriend slash claimed fiancé uh, turned out that they were uh, that he was the beneficiary of the trust and the trustee, along with uh, another neighbor uh, in the area named Diane Fetter. She was also a co-trustee on this new trust that was signed by the missing woman just two weeks before she went missing. Here, David asks Keith his opinion on why Dia may have transferred the properties into the trust. So um, we were looking at property records, and it looks like um, she put the, pro- the three properties up here in Mount Center into a trust. Correct. What, what was that about? Protection, if anything. What was the reason for that? I mean, I mean, uh, who are the beneficiaries of that trust? We don't know. That, that her attorney would have the information on. Who is that attorney? I don't remember who he is. Okay, so um, you were going to marry her, right? Correct. Was that why she was putting properties in trust? No. No. She was changing them because she felt that there was a threat to her life. Okay. All right. But previously, these properties were held between her and her husband, right? And when her husband passed, she had sole ownership of these properties. What was the, what was the concern about leaving these properties in sole ownership? You'd have to ask her. I don't know. I didn't get into her financial affairs. Okay. So is it possible, since she knew she was going to marry you, that she made you the beneficiary of these trusts? You'd have to ask her attorney. I do not know. The kids want the ranch back in their name. They do not want Keith Harper running the ranch. They're afraid that he might might sell uh, some of her assets. And Keith Harper does have a bit of a criminal history that the children are worried about as well. What are your concerns now with Keith Harper running the ranch? Well, I believe it was ill-gotten and with malintention. And my concerns are that her stuff is being pilfered and taken and and stolen. I can't say unequivocally whether or not that's the case. I do not know, but that is certainly my concern. Do you think your mom didn't want you to have the ranch? No, I don't think that at all. She always said this is for the kids. Always, a thousand times over. She said, "This this is for you guys, this is for you guys. 
or this is for the family. So after several weeks, the search begins to stall out, leaving many to question, is Dia Abrams still alive? Could she have been murdered? We did obtain some search warrants where police indicated that they did believe that this was a homicide investigation. I believe she was murdered and uh, we need to find her um, for her soul to rest in peace and for the community to heal. Um, I don't believe she's still alive personally. My mother was a, was a lively, vivacious, gregarious individual and she would not be able to just in intentionally disappear and go somewhere. So I believe she's deceased and something needs to be done to to find her. Thus far, we haven't. And the individuals I believe to be responsible have not even been brought in for questioning. But they didn't name a suspect. And some of those search warrants, of course, were served on uh, the missing woman's ranch, her properties, cell phones, computers, that sort of thing. But also there was a search warrant served on the RV of Keith Harper that he was driving. They seized his RV in New Mexico after he left the ranch that morning, two days after she went missing. They also searched his storage facility that he owns in New Mexico. And it's unclear exactly what evidence they took from that storage facility, but in the RV, they took a patch of the front seat of the RV. They didn't indicate whether there was blood on that cloth patch or why they took that section of the front seat. All it indicated was that that's what they took. What are the cops saying about all this? What are they doing? I don't know if they're doing anything. I think they've been kind of overwhelmed with all the disappearances in the Idlewild area. We haven't heard anything for a number of weeks. Do you think the cops think you're a suspect? Oh, I'm sure. I'm a former law enforcement. You always will trace whoever is the last to see her. Yeah, no question. Have they served search warrants on your cell phone, on your house here? Oh yeah, we've had, we've had our cell phones, our computers, they were all taken. They showed up here with a search warrant and raided the house? They didn't raid the house, they have the right to search when there is some question, but they searched the main house without a question. What former law enforcement are you? I was with uh, the state of Utah Corrections. Prison official, or what was your actual no, title? I was, I was over uh, intensive supervision and parole. Are you a parole officer? Yes. Okay, all right. Then later, drug enforcement. Wow, okay. Uh, did you have anything to do with your wife's disappearance? Absolutely not. How can you prove that? I can prove that because I loved the woman. We were going to get married. There was everything positive about our relationship. We didn't have almost any difficulties whatsoever. I have no reason to bring harm to her. I loved that woman. Eight months into the investigation, 
there is a renewed interest in a small town in Arizona where Keith Harper owned property. And for the first time in months, there is some semblance of hope for the family. Meadview, Arizona, population 1,200, a retirement community near Lake Mead that lives in the shadow of the stunning 2,000-foot Grand Wash Cliffs. We are searching the cliffs for the remains of a missing woman, Dia Abrams, who was last seen by her boyfriend, Keith Harper, on her ranch near Idlewild. Our mode of transport, off-road motorcycles, we are acting on information that the 65-year-old's body may have been dumped in this area. The search area is roughly 20 square miles and the location, extremely rugged BLM land. Our first destination takes us eight miles into Joshua Tree Wilderness to the edge of the cliffs. David and the small team of searchers use drones and virtual reality headgear to scour the landscape for any signs of human remains. They spend several days traversing the rugged landscape, but nothing new is revealed. At this point in time, no suspects have been named and the investigation is still an active one. For Dia's son, Clifton, it has been a tragic year with zero answers. It's been absolute, most nightmarish, difficult, soul-draining experience of our entire lives. There's no question about that. Do you think that the investigation is going anywhere at this point? Right now, it seems, it, from the outside looking in, it appears to have stalled. And that's one of the purposes of this interview, is to hopefully reignite more resources and greater efforts to find her and to entreat anybody who knows anything to speak up and speak with the investigators because it's a giant wound for the entire area, for all of our hearts, minds, bodies, and souls. It's a, it's a you know, the tumor must be excised, this, this, this unknown of where she is. It, it has to be answered. My main thing is I want to find my mother. It's way less about what happens to Keith Harper, way less about what happens to the ranch. That's all material nonsense. In order for my mother's soul to heal, we need to find her in order for the community to heal. So whatever happens to whoever did this, certainly we want convictions and we want answers. I mean, that's unequivocal. But I'm less concerned with names and properties and such. I really want to find my mother, dead or alive, wherever she is. That's the most important, and I want her to know how much we love her. 